Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump! <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. (laughs) And Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? (laughs) Hannibal. 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 Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Podcast coming off of a Patriots OTA session. I think this was the ninth, I believe, of the spring. Third open to the media. We are both there again today. So I'll ask you right off the top. What was your biggest takeaway from watching uh, today's practice? My biggest overall takeaway was the offense bouncing back, the passing game. Um, I thought they sucked last week. Um, too many drops. They were, remember, there were like too many plays where the quarterback was under pressure or just a lot of sacks. Throw. Yeah, like quote unquote sacks, all that. I thought this week was more efficient. I thought there were more completions. Um, so that would be my big takeaway. The offense bounced back. Um, my second big takeaway, because I'm I'm sort of shying away from just like, oh, Brian Hoyer was the best quarterback on the field, even though he was. Um, in that really meaning anything. My second was my eyes were opened to, I think the front seven can be really good. You know, there was a couple times where they went like dime packages and it was like Hightower, Van Oy, Uche, Judon. And you're like, they're going to be able to do some, like last year we're looking at Bentley and Jennings. Red Hall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just that was eye opening to me that that group in particular is going, I think that's going to be the biggest leap on the team everybody's fixated on tight end and wide receiver in the offense I think the front seven defensively is going to be the biggest positive leap on the team yeah I'm kind of with you there like I'm not saying I was like jumping at what I saw but just seeing those guys line up together you could because you know what those guys can do because we've seen it before right so you're just kind of seeing oh if you have this guy here this guy there like they can do a lot of different things and confuse offenses so I think I took that. That was a takeaway too. Like, but I don't like some people were jumping at like what they saw today from those players, like had something to do with it. I'm not making that leap, but it's non-contact. Like that's the way I I don't understand how someone on the defensive side of the ball can like stand out in these sessions. I I, I'm sorry. 
No. See, see, yeah, no. To me, it was just like a visualization of the depth chart. Like it really yeah. kind of made you see, ooh, Duggar and Adrian Phillips, along with Hightower, like athlete, athlete, athlete. Mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned at one point they only had one defensive lineman down, and it's one of those sort of amoeba, roaming yeah. cows defenses that puts pressure on offensive lines. And you don't necessarily have to execute perfectly because if they get a little bit of a call wrong with the athletes that are up there, it's going to present mismatches and opportunities. Yeah, I don't care about, oh, so-and-so beat somebody on a block. No, that's stupid. They're not allowed to touch each other. That's that's idiotic. But um, just the, the visualization of the versatility, athletes, and talent on that sort of front seven group, I, I think is going to be fun. Uh, before we get to the quarterbacks, Hunter Henry, uh, midway through the practice, seemed to have an ankle, I guess, injury, got it retaped, but then didn't participate the rest of the session. Didn't look serious, but like Cam Newton did the same thing last week and didn't, and he now he's out basically until training camp, it sounds like. So something to watch with Hunter Henry. I mean, it's not ma major yet, but just something that happened and to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's something to watch. It's also something to watch for him just because he's kind of dealt with something almost every year of his career, not just the, the major injury that he missed 18 or whatever, but he's always missing two or three games a season because of something. And you're right. You never really know. And they won't know until they necessarily get scans or x-rays or whatever MRI. Um, or just tomorrow yeah. and he wakes up after like, like the swell is swell up. Like, right. Um, so it'll be something to watch next week when we're back out there for mini camp. Is he out there or is it, you know, like you said, it's, and I know people are downplaying the cam thing, but it's if you're going to make the excuse that he sucked last year in part because he didn't have enough reps and he wasn't familiar and wasn't comfortable, it's not ideal for him to be missing this time. And I would say the same thing for Hunter Henry, learning a new offense and new quarterbacks. And that's the other thing for a guy like Henry. It's not like you know who your starting quarterback is. So you just need to make sure you get your Tom Brady reps in. Right. I mean, realistically, two or three guys could work with Henry this year. Yep. And so you can't just fixate, oh, I'll catch up in training camp when I get out there with Brady. Nope. All of these reps with all these guys could matter. So um, again, not jumping to conclusions, but it's just never ideal for a guy to miss reps, especially a new guy trying to well, work. Who's supposedly your number one target on offense. Right. So yeah, we'll see how that plays out, whether he's back out there next week. I mean, I guess, I mean, he would only miss tomorrow and then, what, three days next week. So it's four days if he didn't practice, let's say, it'll training camp. But those are four days that I'd rather have him out there practicing. All right, let's get into the quarterbacks. Uh, no Cam Newton. Nope. So I think it's safe to say that uh, Stidham and Hoyer took the bulk of Newton's reps. And Mac Jones kind of took a back seat today for whatever reason. Maybe he got more work the other two days this week. We don't really know. But for what we saw today – Mac Jones was sort of the number three quarterback. And I think we both took away that Brian Hoyer was the best quarterback on the field today. That's not, that's just what we saw. Like it's a, it's a Thursday OTA practice, but for today, Brian Hoyer was the best quarterback on the field. He was, and he, he was sort of an anti Brian Hoyer fashion. He was pushing the ball down the field, hitting big plays on crossers and come deep comebacks and a deep um, play to uh, Devin Asiasi. Like he was making plays down the field, which wasn't necessarily wherever you think his, the high of his career was, he wasn't a gunslinger. He wasn't yeah. a playmaker pushing the ball down the field. Um, and so maybe he's just playing with, with house money, nothing to lose. Like that's whatever. how I'd say that. Like he's screw check downs. Like I'm throwing the ball down the field. Like right. screw it. 
I've been checking down for 15 years. I'm just going to come have some fun out here. Kind right. of thing. Maybe. Um, I do think it was interesting that Stidham was the whatever number one. Um, and then the limited Mac Jones reps. I don't really know. Like you said, we don't know what transpires day to day. Maybe they absolutely, he got a ton of reps yesterday and they didn't want to burn him out. You know, that kind of like, we don't know the breakdown day to day. Um, he wasn't, I would say Hoyer was the best. Stidham wasn't terrible. No. He was fine. He was, he was fine. No, he wasn't terrible like, either. I just thought that like, in right. terms of like grasping and sort of looking more confident and comfortable, Hoyer was the top guy followed by Stidham and Mac Jones. And that's the order it probably should go in. One's been in the league for whatever, 12 years. One's been in the league three years. One's been in the league for two months. And that's how they looked. The one thing I did think was interesting, though, just that one portion of like 11 on 11 late where it went Stidham, Hoyer, Stidham, instead of like you had a third quarterback. Like right. it's, it's a little weird to go back to the first guy again, I thought. Um, but overall, it was a better day from the passing day. I thought Kendrick Bourne bounced back after all the drops last week. Um, Wilkerson, Zuber continue to make some plays. Gunner probably had maybe his best practice. That uh, I know is non-existent again. Nikhil Harry? Yes. Yeah, total. Which, is he hurt? I wonder if – because I didn't watch him, like, closely enough to see if they're monitoring his reps, limiting he, reps. he missed uh, last Friday session when we were there. Right. Could he be dealing with something where they're kind he of – He was out there earlier this week based on pictures. Right, but it could be a lingering thing, sure. a sore hamstring, a sore – whatever. And they're monitoring it um, – so yeah, I, I can only go on what we see and what we see from him is nothing. That's not good. Oh, I don't see. I asked Mike Giardi on Tangway and Hart on Sunday, who was the most um, glaring or notable absence from when we were out there last Friday. And he said, Nikhil Harry. Yep. And he went through a whole answer. And then I said, no, you're wrong. I think it's Sony Michelle. And he said, no, Sony Michelle's a jag. And I said, well, Nikhil Harry has to upgrade like three spots to be a Jag. Nikhil yeah. Harry's a nobody. Right. Like I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that Nikhil Harry is a bust, isn't going to have a year three jump, is not like this future breakout season. Because like, when was the last time he dominated a practice or he dominated your attention or he dumb like he, he's had a few training camp practices over the couple of years that he's, I don't want to say dominated, but made plays that kind of caught your eye. And you're like, this guy might have something. He's a first round pick. And then, you know, the next day he'd either be out or would have a terrible practice. So it wasn't consistent, but he's shown mini flashes, I guess. A mini flash in, in, in training camp practices that aren't competitive sometimes. So it's hard to really put any value. I know what you're saying. But even then, I feel like it's two plays, like two contested catches. And then, oh, is he over with Jim Whalen getting his hamstring looked at? Or is he getting retaped? Like, I'm talking about a day where start to finish, he's like the best guy on the field. And he's supposed to be that. He's a first-round pick who's like big, strong. Like, there should be days where we note that he just bitch-slapped, you know, some third-year corner or some – Right. Right. And it doesn't, ha and at some point you have to say, you know, the old Parcells, if it doesn't bite as a puppy, it's not going to bite. Well, you now have a middle-aged dog that's still not biting. It's not going to be an old dog that bites. So like, speaking of dogs, oh, I was <laughs> right on cue. So what, I don't want to get into a long Nikhil Harry podcast, but what do they do with him? Cut him. Is that possible? 
or it, I mean, it's the things we've talked about all along. Either he gets cut or he gets one of those garbage for garbage trades where you swap for some. That's that's best case scenario for the Patriots, obviously. You know who I was thinking about, and I wanted to do a little research. And like we know, Bill has friends of that sometimes trade partners. Things yeah. go down. Um, hasn't that guy Davenport been a disappointment in New Orleans? The defensive yeah. lineman, the pass rusher. Yeah, I think he's been hurt and not done a lot. Just in, like a name like that, where one of Bill's buddies has a guy that's also a bust, and they're both trying to save a little face or something, and they just yeah. Swap I mean, that'd be, it'd be the, what the ideal thing would be like the um, Jacoby Brissett trade a couple of years ago. Try to get right. like, a more first round pick hasn't really worked out, but right. That's sort of I would say best case scenario because like if you're looking at pure talent, like Zuburn and Wilkerson are probably ahead of Nikhil Harry. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about it i like he doesn't do anything <laughs> not productive yes. there's no what's the famous saying about oakland there's no there there there's nothing there that you, and i feel bad and i know some people will get all pissy and defensive of him now i think we're almost to the point by the way where the defensive patriots super fans who oh give him a shot he needs this are going to turn on him like like angry pack of animals and just start biting him because at some point you have to just face reality. It's and the, I don't. It's year three. Like right. it's, it sort of is what it is. We should also mention second quarterback. Like you can't use the Brady excuse anymore. Like it's, oh yeah, no, he wasn't blackballed by Brady. He wasn't this. Like it is what it is. It was a mistake. It was a bad pick. A bad fit. A bad something. I wish him well. I w- I wouldn't hate seeing him go somewhere else and he becomes like a change of scenery. Rolling right into my next point, N- Nelson Aguilar not out there last uh, this practice. Yes. But, like, Nelson Aguilar was a total bust disappointment for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He goes to the Raiders, and he has a nice year. Yep. I'd be happy to see Nikhil Harry. And, by the way, nice year is what I, I, I really want to call it. It's a nice year. I'd love to see Nikhil Harry just have a nice year where he goes someplace, he catches 55 balls. Well, his nice year would be a lot less than Aguilar's. And, and it, probably. But, like, I'd like to see him do that. He seems like a good kid. He seems like he works hard. Like, yes. I don't – there's no ill will there. I don't think he's a douche that I want to root against. I just, at some point you have to acknowledge it's not working. He's not bringing it at a position where they could use all the help they can get. It's an open battle. And like we've kind of been saying all along, like these last couple weeks, they're all kind of the same. They're all like number three, number fours and other teams battling for not only roster spots, but playing time. So it's, it's not conceivable that he could be cut. Right. Um, it, it is conceivable. Inconceivable is what I meant to say. Yeah, people are going to pounce on you. I'll be getting a tweet about that later. It's all right. Um, uh, so we, yeah. we touched on Hightower okay. as like the, the wow, but you know, there were some others, Adrian Phillips, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Devin, would you agree with the, the Hightower slim, some down? Uh, very much slim. Very, very, which I'm fine with. I mean, it is what, you know, some people right, might- They're in the opposite and blowing up and being like- Exactly. And, you know, some people are probably going to try to continue to say he's going to retire and that's why he's skinny and he's not in football. Shit. I, don't, I don't know. But I also think, I don't know that you want him or really can even ask him to be what he kind of was when he entered the league, where it was like, he can play defensive end. He can put his hand down. He can take on a, a tackle. He, no, I think he's more of a versatile athlete now that gets by on his, his skills, but also his headiness and his experience. Say his IQ. I don't think you want him taking a beating from offensive linemen and blockers and just like I was just gonna say they don't really need him to. They have other guys to fill that role. Right. So I I actually I'm actually intrigued to see if A, maybe it 
puts a little more bounce in his step. He's a little lighter, a little more explosive. B, maybe he stays a little healthier. Maybe he's one of those guys that was carrying more weight than his body really wanted to um, over the years. But uh, another guy that I thought returned today or or did was more out there for the first time that we saw it yet. What's that? Was out there for the first time that we were able to see. Yeah. Um, or we've seen him, but he's is Damian Harris. I thought he had a, a bounce in his step. I thought vocally he was excited to be out there and for a lot of, he, took Cam, he took Cam Newton's space as the vocal leader of the offense. I would say. Right. And it was a day where they ran the ball, you know, quote unquote ran the ball a lot um in the practice against the front. So I thought that was good to see. Um, it would be better to see if Sony Michelle were out there and you kind of could monitor what how they were being used. Um, Ramondre Stevenson did more today and he is the simple, like, I didn't see him do all that much. There was one pass that was incomplete. I don't know if it was his fault or Jones, whatever. Um, but he's definitely a big athletic guy. Oh yeah. Big body who moves. The comparisons to LeGarrette Blunt are, they're real. Right. But I think he's a better athlete. I think he's a better athlete. I think he's he's a better pass catcher for sure. So I'm intrigued to see what that could lead to down the road. Um, Trent Brown being out there and playing left tackle um, with a lot of the the units for a while there, I think is interesting because, you know, you talk about what they're going to do on the line and I'm assuming Isaiah Wynn's going to be your left tackle and Trent Brown will be your right, but he does have that ability. Never know. And you can move on when back inside. And Isaiah Wynn is like hurt a lot. So you yeah, have we to talked be- about that today. Do you think he could be dealing with something another off season where he's not healthy? Because always, always. Yeah. I just assume that certainly could be dealing with something or had something cleaned up or which obviously isn't ideal. Cause that's the, been the knock on him the, for his entire career. Right. And I mean, I, I would think he's still trying to get that big long-term deal like mm-hmm. that they might want to sign him because they picked up his option. So that's not like they're kind of giving up on him the way and draft and he tackles high in the draft. Like they kind of showed right. some commitment to him. Right. So yeah, it's not, ideal um but at least you have a guy because if you didn't have trent brown i mean then you're looking at uh, justin heron or Corey cunningham or yodney kajus who who wouldn't be josh mcdaniel's first pick i can tell you that I much based on so. things i've seen and well, i didn't hear much today so maybe bounce back yeah maybe or at least blend it wasn't as bad as usual didn't stand out for the negative um one thing I did want to touch on that I wrote about in the blog, and people know this from listening to the podcast, I'm always a big fan of the drills slash coaching tools utilized. And today my focus was on the defensive backs where the first drill, they all wore towels around their necks and had to hold on to the two ends of the towels while doing their back pedal and flipping their hips, obviously kind of so they don't use their hands probably yeah. is my guess. And that continued into actual competitive drills where – they had to wear, what did Giardi call them? Uh, fingerless mitts on yeah. their hands. Sort of like, you know, I would envision a, a boxing coach spars with his boxer and has those pads up, yeah. things like that. So I always like those things. The one I didn't like today is, did you you happen to notice the um, PVC, PVC pipe arch that the receivers were using to work on their um, get-offs at the line of scrimmage? Missed that one, nope. And I think it was, the idea is an archway or like a doorway but you have to be low in your, your get off. But I think it was too tall. Cause I watched um, Gunner do it. First of all, how tall, how tall you think Gunner is? Probably my height, five, nine. 
He's listed at six foot on the roster. He's not six feet. That's what I said. Because no I went to look at his height to make my point, but he basically was standing tall and ran through the arc. I can remember interviewing him like in a circle. He's he's my height, and I'm not even close to six feet. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. They're so full of it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think they need to lower the arch because it was too easy. They're all – I mean, none of them are very big. Who, I don't yeah. even know who the tallest receiver is. But, um, yeah, so I think that I'm going to – I'll text Mick Lombardi and tell him he needs a shorter arch for them to work a little harder. Maybe Ernie Adams is though, because he was not out there once again today. Still, still uh, not retired. Still. And I was thinking about that. It's nice now. Like, if you want to be on Nantucket, it's a sunny, nice day, right? Like, you can't argue, oh, was it going to rain anyway? We're so assuming he was, since he was there today, he was probably there Monday and Tuesday, and it was 95 and humid. I don't think he's ever left. I don't think he has either. But I don't know. That, to each his own. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what, anything that stood out to you that we haven't touched on as of yet? No, just sort of the same. Like the quarterbacks is the stuff that people care about the most. And like Brian Horry was the best quarterback today. Oh, oh here's and, what I want to say. Do you think Bill was sending a message to maybe the media or the team that uh, Mac Jones like isn't instantly going to take over for Cam Newton and that's why he was back to the third quarterback? Because uh, because before today, Jones followed Newton and all the reps. Like he was the clear cut too. Right. So and again, I don't like I don't know what happened earlier this week. Like we don't. So you kind of have to know that, that was a thing. But I'm I don't know. I just kind of thought that could be something because we re- have to read into everything. Yeah, I mean, he knows that with Cam gone, people are assuming, oh well, Mac was the two, so now Mac's going to be the one. And because I even read that. And I don't think it, I think it was absolutely BS that I think I read it on Twitter. So I'm talking about like the Fitzies of the world, sort of that hazy line between fans and journalists. Um, somebody wrote like, you know, after Newton stopped practicing, Jones slid into the QB one role. And I was like, so we're calling him the start, like, stop, just stop. So maybe that was sort of a reaction that he's not quote unquote sliding into the QB one role. Um, I just, I said this to you, the word I keep falling back on is underwhelming for Mac Jones. Like I don't, and that's fine. That also probably in part is who he is, right? Like, well, it's all, not, yeah. Cause it's like Tom Brady's good. underwhelming until he goes six for six on a drive and wins. I would totally agree. That's, you know good, what I mean? So that's like a good way of putting it. I mean, it happens all the time over the years, watching a Brady performance, you watch the game and you're like, you know, he's fine. But then you look at the numbers at the end and you're like, holy crap, like he had two incompletions. Right. And, and I, I think that's going to, and obviously I bring up Brady because he's the Patriots quarterback, but also because people have compared Mac Jones to Brady and the it and the leader and the, the whole thing. And I think that's what it's going to be is you're never or not often going to be wowed by anything except the result. You well, know, and like, it's good that he's not the other way where it's interceptions incomplete. Oh, yeah. No, like, like they had to stop practice and have him, you know, learn what he was, you know, see what he was doing. Like, no, I will good. say, he had the, the the bad throw last week that should have been a Kyle Vanoy pick. There were back-to-back throws today late in practice in 11-on-11. 11 11. One was bad, and then there was one of those he didn't get the playoff, like he yeah. just didn't make a read and the play just kind of stops because it would have been a sack if it were a real game kind of thing. Um, we should mention he spoke with the media for the first time after practice, was one of the uh, Zoom calls. Stacey James, director of media relations, said they went with a younger group of players today, and that included Mac Jones. Um my first takeaway, I was impressed. I thought he did a good job. Um, my f- 
Paul Perillo used to make fun of me because I like the little catchy quotes or phrases or ideas. And I liked where he said um, he can't worry about last practice and can't focus on next practice. You know, you got to live in the moment, take it day by day, be where your feet are. I liked that phrase, be where your feet are. I, I kind of had like a Zoda Tau of poo kind yeah, of. Maybe that's a Saban thing and he's taking it from, from there to here. It could be, but I liked it. He then went over the top three or four times, mentioned having two buckets with the bucket with the stuff I know and the bucket with the stuff I don't know or make mistakes on. And I could have done without the bucket. That was a that was a real trend for a while, like elementary school. I was just say elementary school teachers like fill each other's buckets and don't be a bucket dumper meant like you were a ball buster or a bad yeah. person. Like be a bucket filler and fill up your own bucket and fill up your friends. Ah, screw your bucket. Just hit the damn bucket drill if you make the throw. But I thought he was impressive in the fact that, like, I don't want to – I keep making the comparison to Stidham last year, and I don't think I should. But, like, Mac Jones acknowledged that he's in a competition for the starting quarterback. And right. I think last year when Jared Stidham was kind of in that same spot, getting that same type of questions, he didn't do enough to, like, say he was jumping at the opportunity and acknowledging, like, competition. Like, I just, I just felt better about Mac Jones talking about battling cam newton and the other guys than stidham last year i think he does a really good job artistically towing the line between i don't know it all i'm making mistakes blah 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 with wanting to work and being confident in his like i'm gonna get there kind of air to yeah. him I'm, you know it's a process and in the process i'm gonna make mistakes but there's no doubt in his mind that when he ends the process he's going to be an nfl starter he's gonna be an nfl you know what i mean yes and I, I think that's an interesting way that he navigates kind of that. And it is a weird spot to be in. Like you don't want to be the over cocky douche and right. you don't want to be the, the timid, um, you know, beta that just allows everybody. That's that fine line of leadership. So and also like being the number 15 overall pick, but then having Cam Newton on the roster, like it's right. like, you, you know, you're kind of the future of the franchise, but you can't come out and sort of like act like that. Right. So yeah, I, I like the way he's handling it. I think he has, a, the, a good balance of confidence, but not cockiness and self-awareness. Definitely competitive. Like he acknowledges yeah. that and you can just tell on the field. You can see it. And so you're never, I don't think you're going to go down the road of Stidham last year when people say he just kind of ceded the job to, to Newton and yeah. just kind of fell behind in the background because the alpha was in the room. I think Mac Jones has got some alpha to him, but he 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 molds it in a in a productive way i think and he's experienced this because i'm sure he felt confident at alabama but also had to wait his turn and had to compete and had to win the job and had to eventually ascend to the throne and that's just the nature of college football with classes and guys mm -hmm. how it works it's a little different here that you hope it doesn't take multiple years for him to do it like it's you're hopefully you're talking about months not years in that process but no, I, I, I liked what I saw and heard from him and talking about, um, you know, they work hard around here and I'm just learning to work as a Patriot and the way they do yeah. things and all of that stuff. Um, yeah. I, no complaints as to how he handled himself. None at all. And we talked about, or I wrote earlier this week that like these next couple of practices were big for Mac Jones and kind of setting the stage for training camp and the battle to Cam Newton. From what I saw today, you can't say that he did like something and did enough to like take reps away from Newton come July. And I, no. I don't know if that it's, it's one practice, but like, like you said before, he didn't overwhelm you with anything. So it wasn't like 
man, you got to get this guy like X number of reps. Like he, you know, has really shown that he deserves them. Like he's, he's done decent with what he has, but hasn't been overwhelming to say you need to go out of your way to make this guy get more reps with the ones. Uh, 100% agreed. And, you know, right now we're hearing things out of like green Bay about how Jordan love is blowing up and the things he's Mm -hmm. doing and he's ready and it's coming from reporters. So I'm assuming, you know, I'm going to trust their eyes and they're seeing impress or even Zach Wilson with the jets. There's a lot of wow reports coming out of New York and what he's doing in their OTAs and practices. Now, again, they're different players with athleticism and arm strength and just a whole different makeup and skill set. but he certainly didn't, you know, the old uh, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Bill Belichick, Wally Pip comment. Yeah. He, he didn't come out today and you go, Oh, Cam's never going to get a rep back or can't right. like, no, he just, he had a normal practice. And I don't even know if he could have even done anything today to do that. Like we don't Probably know. Not. We don't know like what the plays were called and like what he's being asked to do. So it's hard right. to, to say, but like, just we're not, I guess we're both trying not to say it as a bad thing to say that Mac Jones didn't overwhelm anybody today, but that's just what it was. No, he's been, I've been underwhelmed both the practices I've been attendance for. And, you know, if you say it today, there were three quarterbacks on the field. He was the third best in my opinion. But you know, when you hear the word underwhelming, people are going to take that as a negative and say, he's not ready. Like this is a bad pick, blah, blah, blah. Okay. We don't need to, you know, extrapolate beyond that, but maybe he's not ready right now. But as Bill likes to say, I checked the calendar. looks like we don't play a game until September, right? Like it's June effing 10th right now. He's had the playbook for what, a month? He had had the same thing today about a question about depth. Like it's talking about, which I don't know what depth is in June. And And he chuckled to himself. Depth in November is different than depth in June. (laughs) I I actually enjoyed that. He made me laugh a little bit, but. I I take away from Bill. I know it's not what we were just talking about, but it seemed like he wanted to, uh, calm the masses today. I think he was got the sense that people were hyping up his team a little too much um, in the last couple of weeks or so. And I think he wanted to kind of tone things down a little bit today. That was just my observation. I didn't notice that necessarily. I would agree with your premise in that. I do think people have overhyped this team. I think there's a lot of, a lot of questions, a lot of overrating of additions and talent. Um, but then again, we just spent, five minutes hyping up how dominant the front seven is going to be and how good they're versatile and all the things are going to throw at offenses. So maybe we're part of that hype train, but we're not saying they're competing with the chiefs for the best in the AFC. No, I don't even think they're competing with the bills for the best in the division. Well, you see what Keyshawn Johnson said today on ESPN. What stupid thing did Keyshawn Johnson the Patriots say? and the chiefs in the AFC with Cam Newton, that quarterback. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So there you go. I think there's no chance of that happening. Uh, 0.0% chance of that happening. I think there's a better chance that if the Patriots go to the AFC title game, it's Mac Jones. Yeah, I would probably agree. Would there's agree. no chance Cam's taking them to the AFC. Get the Keyshawn. He's just doing that. He's That's the new thing. Chris Sims, Keyshawn, you got to say these bombastic things to get noticed. And you're, I'm sure his bosses gave him an attaboy. Oh, Keyshawn, right. they're talking about your comments. Oh, they're right. blogging about it. They're this. Get the hell out of here. Jesus Christ. Uh, looking ahead to minicamp next week, which is supposedly mandatory minicamp. Um, I guess not supposedly. It is mandatory minicamp. <laughs> um, do you think they'll be – like, do you think Stephon Gilmore will be there? Guys we haven't seen there uh, no. this week, next week? No? Uh, 
I think there'll be guys we haven't seen. Like, I'll be surprised if Sony Michelle's not there. Yes. And guys like that. But Gilmore, especially with we don't know what the status is of his knee injury. Yeah, I'm starting to think of guys that would have that are just not there because of um, just personal reasons and not injuries. Like John U. Smith, he probably should be there. Like he's got that tight end thing. If he's not there next week, that's concerning. Yes. Do we know why he's not around? Has there been anything? I'm, I'm just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. No, I, I would imagine he's healthy if he's at that tight end university thing. Right. Okay. So, yeah, if he's not there next week, that's um, – alarming might be too strong a word concerning a little bit would be the word but Gilmore is one of the ones that everybody's going to note what my gut tells me I'm going to say no he's not out there but I don't know what I'm basing that on other than I, I don't want to like I was talking to you and Jerry today don't you remember like didn't Gronk get a contract extension around minicamp one of these years like I could see that potentially happening with Gilmore and because they didn't make the Julio Jones trade, they have a little bit of money to yeah, play. They have money to spend. Like maybe they look at it and say, you come to this mini camp, we'll try to hash something out while you're here. Like maybe start the process. I just, that's only if he really wants to work with them, in my opinion. Like if he wants, people have thrown out that he wants like a contract, like a three year, $45 million extension with X million up front or something. Like, I just can't envision that. Like I could see them saying, you know what? We'll give you, you five million out dollars. Yeah, five million bucks. Just in addition, we're giving you five, not an extension, not of this, not of that. We're just throwing you some cash. I just can't see the idea of a long-term extension. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but. I have a hard time doing it too, just because of what we saw last year, the injury. Like you don't know what you're, like, you know, he was once the defensive player of the year, but he's aging, he's coming off an injury, like. You don't want to invest three years in him if you don't know how he's going to come back off this injury. For example, I think some people are disappointed they didn't trade for Julio Jones. If you give Stefan Gilmore that extension, he's essentially Julio Jones. You're going to be on the books for similar kind of money, yep. and he's aging, coming off an injury, and we know he used to be good. He used to be an all-pro, but we don't know if he's still an all-pro. Like, And the reason I think they didn't do with the Julio or weren't all-in on Julio is similar, and I would also throw in the fact you're tying yourself up to best case scenario. Like, are you good enough to get maximum value out of him? Are you good enough to need Julio? Like, is Julio going to put you over the top? So you're now what Keyshawn thinks you are, like a, a contender for the Super Bowl. So I just don't think a long-term extension really makes sense for where they are as a team, where he is in his career and kind of balancing that all out. Uh, anything else relating to next week or even from today? Um, Only that something that Giardi and I kind of talked about, and we can look at this moving forward, but the, the numbers game at tight end slash fullback, I think is interesting. Like Dalton Keene, does he have a chance to make the team? Uh, I mean, he has a chance to make the team, like, but isn't he unlikely or, or like, isn't it easy to envision him? Not, I mean, if, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith are your guys. Yep. And Devin Asiasi showed more last year as the higher pick. Made a good catch today, like had a product, right. probably his most productive day. Uh, and then and Jakob Johnson's on the roster. Right. Like now you start, that's four right there. And then, like, Matt even would take Matt Lacoste over Dalton Keene right now. Yeah. I just, because, and I, I still really don't know what he is well he's a guy you would probably want to keep around hopefully slide to the practice squad but then you risk another team saying you are what a third round pick like we're going to scoop you up my i think it was a fourth round pick right 
third and fourth keen in him asiasi was third right yeah yeah um but maybe i mean he's, he's been wearing this black sleeve on his leg he's on the bike today on the maybe he has a hamstring injury to start the year i just want because I, I think they would like coming? yes i think they probably would like to work you know as bill says work with him a little longer um because there's there looks like there's a numbers game that could be tough for him i don't know i'm not going to pretend to know i'll ask mike reese at some point like what he does on special teams could he make it as like a special teamer and then offensive developmental role type thing but he's just know, a guy like, that they have special teams guys like yeah i know they also have guys on the roster i've never heard of so <laughs> that is pretty <laughs> funny going down the list when i read off you know like who's who's that there's guys i've never heard of but whatever that's so. what happens with 90 man rosters yep uh any parting shots before we move on or wrap this up parting shots my parting shot is this Gonna just give a snippet of a column I write, might write tomorrow that has a slight Patriots tie-in. Tuka Rask is the anti-Tom Brady. It's fact you talked about it today at practice. There's no, there's right. no. He argument. never finishes. There's always like a an excuse or a reason why he comes up short. You can't rely on him when the games are the most important. It's he has the hit. opposite. It's like right. when Tom Brady raises his game when the clutch and the biggest games. Tuka Rask is the opposite. Right. Even when there's like bones popping out of his thumb, Tom Brady finds a way to get surgery. They win, you know, or way back when even his original Super Bowl, when he hurt his ankle and it was like, mm-hmm. should Drew Bledsoe start or is Tom? Nope. Tom starts. Tom doesn't know what he needs to do to win. Whereas like Brady always finds a way to overcome his physical limitations or the atmosphere surrounding the team, distractions, whatever. Tuka Rask always seems to come up short and there's always a little whisper of, was there a distraction or was there an injury or, or he couldn't gut through it? I'm just saying, Tuka Rask, the anti-Tom Brady. We'll check that out uh, Friday at WEI.com. Please do. Um, we'll have another podcast. What do, you, what do you want to do next week? Every day or one wrap-up? Probably one wrap-up, right? Yeah, I'm not sure we need every day out of yeah. Or maybe first and, and then a wrap-up. Maybe opening day and then a wrap-up. Yeah, we'll see how things go. So look for, look for some podcasts early next week. Um, Three days of mandatory minicamp, and then they're off until uh, July. So a lot of uh, empty space in the calendar. So. Yeah, you're really worried about content and what we're going to write about. And I am, because I've had a tough time on the non-OTA days to write stuff. Okay, well, maybe it's time for the Red Sox to carry the website. <laughs> it's freaking baseball season. We are the home of the Boston Red Sox. They're a good baseball team, although now they're having some ups and some downs. And, yep. you know, maybe they'll be the story of the summer. Chris Sale's coming back. There's, there's plenty of opportunities there. All right. Plus, you got Celtics. You got a coaching search. You got the beginning of the Brad Stevens era. You got an off season for the Bruins, where maybe Tuka Rask retires. All right, you sold me. Well, there's still be plenty of stuff. Doesn't have to be all Patriots all the time on weei.com. All right. All right. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you early next week. Uh, day to be determined, but you'll be here. Peace out. Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.